I think I think a super valuable piece of winter practice is it gives us the chance to make changes for the feedback to be the movement and not the outcome of the golf shot. I think it's super important that throughout the winter we decide to not necessarily care about results, not necessarily care about our handicap. Hey everyone, welcome to Apex Golf IQ, the podcast where we help you become a smarter golfer with a club in and out of your hand. I'm KB Blanchard. Today I'm joined here in the lab with Wyatt Larkin. How's it going, guys? Callahan Elsey. Hey, everybody. And PGA Pro Quinn Griffin. Hey. Today's episode is about winter practice. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to like remind everybody to subscribe and leave us a comment. So, as we dive in, what are some very important topics in winter practice in y'all's eyes? Well, uh, let me start off with a couple stories and uh, kind of set the tone. Um, in my career, I see the major golfers going into winter just kind of put their clubs away. I hear it over and over. It's kind of like after Labor Day, they're done playing. And then, you know, during the Masters, it's kind of like the where they bring the clubs out and start playing. And that's great, but there's no development in there. So um, when I owned the, the Sycamore property in North Manchester, uh, I'd go down to uh, South Florida and compete during the wintertime. And so the winter prior to that, I, I just really wasn't happy with my ball flight. I, I was kind of a, a trap drawler. I would really draw the ball a lot and create a lot of curve. In track band terms, I'd probably have a path of seven degrees to the right. And uh, <clears throat> I, I said, I'm not really going to be the player I need to be unless I change it. So I got a lesson with Ledbetter before I came home. And he says, you know, you need to, you, we really need to address your swing plane. So I get back to uh, Indiana, and now I'm already in competition again it's summertime basically so I never had a chance to change it so I decided that winter the following winter of 97 I was going to stay back in Fort Wayne and they just opened up uh, the dome I think it's called the Plex now and I had a slow motion camera and a tripod so I went up to the second level and uh, I put the, uh, the camera right on my hand line and I kept on looking at my swing plane and I worked on that all winter long well by springtime I owned it and so I would have never made the change unless i dedicated a practice program of how I was going to change that. And I basically went to the dome five days a week and hit balls for three hours. So I put in 15 hours a week, you know, probably for about 12 weeks. So I, I 180 hours, I made the change. And today I don't have any kind of draw that I used to have. So that that's how I made a change uh, with that. And I think that's what we're going to talk about today is how our listeners can, instead of putting their clubs away in the closet, can start making changes in their own game. So when you worked with David, did he help you set your goals? He did. He did. He, he made it very clear. He says, you're not going to be the player you want to be unless you soften that curve of your golf ball. Because, you know, when my timing was right, you know, I released the face slightly inward against that swing, uh, that path. But if I didn't, I, my miss was a snap hook. So what you're getting at is uh, early in the winter, or right before the, the cold season, you reflect on your game from the previous season, and then you set new goals to kind of work on over the winter, right? Correct. Yeah. And and um, Cal here alluded to the thing that with, like, Justin Thomas yesterday, once that time comes around and you kind of start, it's like, okay, well, I struggled here, struggled there, you know, those types of things. But then you kind of like, okay, this is what I want to work on. This is what I want to achieve. This is how I want my body to be like. Does that mean you're going to work out more, blah, blah, blah? It just, it's whatever you need to do to be better. Exactly. Yeah, I know here at Apex, we give out uh, a goal sheet to all of our students and all of our players so they can kind of make a decision on what they want to work on. So they pick three things, and then us as instructors, we pick one thing and kind of collaborate on that uh, as a facility and as a coach 
to kind of help develop those goals and reach those goals over the winter. How many times you get in a car and just drive like with no meeting? Not really that often. Okay. So we have a goal of mine. Like yeah. this morning when I got up and after I worked out, I said, I'm going to Apex. So I had a goal that I was going to drive to Apex. Correct. So we are orientated in our mind like that to do that. But it's funny with golf, we lose our focus on that point. We lose a focus that we need to really create uh, a goal and create the timeline that we're going to achieve the goal in. And again, this is prime season right now. I mean, here we are December 17th. you got a great opportunity still that you could spend another 100 days to make some changes in your golf swing. And, and most players that come in here and are committed to that, we could probably make, oh, depending on the player and their skill and their mobility and all that, anywhere from two to five swing changes. I mean, five might be high, but definitely three you could definitely make. So when they get in the springtime, uh, uh, they will have made changes. And more importantly, when they get into a little bit of a funk, they know how to solve it because they've gone through it all winter. What do you guys think the necessities or the, the bare necessities at home or at your nearest facility? What are the things that you need to have in order to be able to successfully practice during the winter? I would say, I mean, like we've like we we talked about was video. Um, we have a few students that'll come in and they'll have little tripods with their phone and everything like that. They can they can go back and look at all their videos. But I think finding a facility that is uh, adequate with the technology. I mean, one, obviously our facility, Apex, we have TrackMan, we have the V1 room, but if you're not around where we are here in Fort Wayne, definitely try to find a facility, a place that really can help you get better. Being able to see uh, the progress is definitely a place that has TrackMan and video and all that. Quinn, was there anything that happened at the Dome that would not have been able to happen during the summertime or on a range? Uh, the dome, because of my time with David, um, David kind of gave me the ability to reflect on what I needed to do in my golf swing and how I needed to change it. So when I went into the dome, I had a really clear purpose of how I was going to change my swing path, you know, from obviously a, a marquee teacher showing me what I needed to do. So that really helped me to reflect and then kind of reevaluate what my goal was. I didn't want to be that guy that hit that slingshot hook anymore. So yeah, that really helped. What were the type of, like, things, though, that he had you doing? So he uh, had me have a cone, like we use here in Apex, and he had me initially put the cone because I would take the club way inside right from the get-go, and then I'd slingshot it out. And so he had a cone there uh, that he put right behind me off to the right. So I, I got one of those traffic cones carrying into the dome every day. Everybody thought I was crazy, which I was, but uh, it definitely changed my path. And then when I shot the video, then I would take a business card and put it on my shaft and see if I was matching that as I took the club back and kept on getting the feedback. And the, the, the funny thing about it is I always try to make this really extreme change, and uh, it wasn't extreme. It was extreme in my mind. You know, Nick Faldo says it best. You know, a, a massive change in your mind is minor on film. So that uh, really helped me. I think, I think a super valuable piece of winter practice is it gives us the chance to make changes for the feedback to be the movement and not the outcome of the golf shot. I think it's super important that throughout the winter we decide to not necessarily care about results, not necessarily care about our handicap, but really make an effort on trying to get much better at the things that we struggle with throughout the summer. Yeah, making a making a swing change is not, you don't want to make a really big swing change in the middle of the season. You want to work on small things like tempo, stuff like that. But as far as making a big swing change, the winter's definitely the time to do that. I can second what you're saying, Kyle, because even when I teach, though, like 
no matter what, like even even the uh, you know some really good players, I focus more on the feel and the movement of um, of hitting a shot or swing change than the outcome. Like because you're, I mean, when you're doing when you're changing something, your your tempo is going to be off, feeling's going to be off, everything's going to be off. So when you're going through the motions of trying to change something, don't expect the perfect outcome, right? Like you've got to understand that you're trying to achieve something that's going against the grain that you've you know, you've molded for so long. That's exactly right. I mean, if it doesn't feel strange, if it doesn't feel like you're doing something completely different, then you're likely not changing anything at all. I think winter practice gives us the ability, it gives us the chance to make all these crazy different changes and really um, allow us to kind of separate that from our golf score. And I want to I, I wanna share one quote, though, from um, a guy named Zach Parker. He's one of the teaching professionals down at the Ledbetter Academy, and I think it kind of again, goes with what Cal and I were just talking about. And uh, he mentioned it to me the last time I had visited. And it goes, the mind moves the body, the body moves the club, the club moves the ball. So we start with what the mind is focusing on. If you're really trying to feel something and that is what you're working on, that's the goal that you should be trying to achieve is that that feeling of accomplishing the movement. That sounds like Zen golf there, right? That's a... That's definitely something that we don't do as players. We don't let the mind dictate where we're going. And the mind is so powerful. So everything we just talked about was about why you should do it, why you should practice over the winter. Now we're going to talk about what you can do when you practice over the winter. So I think the beginning point there should be getting your body where it needs to be. I think that's overlooked so much as players. you got, you got to create that mobility and that stability. You can't put a 455 engine on a Prius frame, it's not going to work. So, you know, all these things we're going to talk about, you got to have the body in the right position. And so you need to find uh, a, a, a trainer. You need to go online, but you definitely got to kind of change your body and what it can do. Yeah, if the uh, if the body can't support what, what you're trying to do in the golf swing, you really almost from second one have very little chance. You know, interesting story I, I read from um, – Dave Phillips, one of the co-founders of TPI, he, him and Greg Rose, Dr. Greg Rose, has said most times when a player fails on the back nine, it's not a swing flaw. It's the ability that their body cannot hold that position of the swing. So is it a swing flaw? No, it's an area that their body fatigued and didn't give their, uh, their body the ability to hold that position. Yeah, Bryson completely transformed his body over the winters from a physical standpoint, from a speed standpoint, which is huge. The game is definitely changing to a power game with also some accuracy there, definitely. But he was the first guy to reach over 200 miles an hour with ball, uh, speed. ball speed on the PGA Tour. Yeah. And you know what's crazy is Tony Fino has like a three-quarter backswing, and if he did a full backswing, he'd probably be the longest guy on tour. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. So another big thing that I believe that most players can do, and they can do this in their kitchen, they can do it in their uh, living room um, because there's golf tournaments on during this this time of year so when you're watching golf tournaments or you're hanging out with the family we have um, we actually use this a lot um, especially when we're warming up for tournaments but definitely something you can use at the house it's called a metronome it's a free app that you can download on your android or apple devices and we usually like to set it what is it quinn 75 yeah about that um, yeah 75 i'm a feet. 70 guy you're 70 all right wacko um <laughs> So what we do is we set it up and what we'll do is work on like 30, 25, 30, even 40 foot putts in here. And what does that do? That really gets your putting in a, a really good rhythm because ultimately to make a lot of putts um, and get your speed right, it requires good rhythm. If you've ever seen Tiger 
putt and they show slow-mos and videos of him putting, you're going to notice he has a really smooth rhythm. And they always talk about his, the release of the putter and the movement. It's just fantastic. And, and Tiger's a big proponent of that. Um, he talks about it in several of his books. Another thing Tiger does is he does shadow swing. So after he won the Masters in 97, uh, he went back to his hotel room and he did slow, controlled motion swings to get the feel of exactly what he was doing that day because he was hitting the ball, in his opinion, the best he ever has. Hogan did that his whole career. He'd go up into the bedroom. As a matter of fact, it's interesting. The walls were so thin in the hotels that the players next door could hear him swinging and hitting the walls. And then it also could hear him putting into a cup. So, again, you don't need a, a golf course to change behavior. As long as you understand the behavior that needs to be changed and have a way of measuring it for feedback, understanding that you're doing it correctly at home, I feel like the practice, the things that you're able to do at home are completely invaluable. Another big thing that um, I know that it, that works, and one person that if you have the time during the winter to read is Lanny Basham. Um, he's a gold medalist uh, shooter in the Olympics. Um, a big thing that he would do is he would imagine himself in the situation of shooting in competition. Um, there is this drill called uh, the no club, no ball drill that I, um, I do it for fun sometimes at the house, and we all actually do it. Um, and it's funny because we, we always talk like, all right, we're here at the masters, you know, I got to make this putt to, you know, to win or whatever. It's actually, that's a good, that's a good drill because you're seeing yourself succeed in those moments. And so what I'm trying to say is go through your routine, put a ball on the ground. You don't have to hit it. You don't have to have a club. So if you're standing in your living room, you put yourself in that situation. You imagine that you can close your eyes. You can open your eyes. It doesn't matter, but go through your full routine, act like you're hitting the shot. And then seeing the success with the shot that comes with it. It's just one of those ways that you can really start to see yourself be successful. And uh, I would think that a lot of the greats have done that. It was funny. I'll tell you a story on that. So we had our sectional championship uh, back, I think, 2007 at Sycamore Hills. And I already knew the schedule was coming out. And uh, well, I, I saw it in the schedule in February. So when I'd get out my Stairmaster in the garage, I would literally close my eyes and I'd rehearsed the shots that I was going to hit on this golf course. And so, you know, I rehearsed hitting the fairway, hitting the middle of the green, seeing the ball go in the hole. And I envisioned myself that I was going to come out of the tournament just on fire, foot on the pedal, and I was, and I was going to win the tournament. Well, six months later, basically all the stuff I meditated on happened. So the power of meditation, as White's alluding to it, is just so strong. And I don't think we do a really good job of that. And, and again, Hogan... We take and I use Hogan because I think he's you know all times one of the better players. I mean he's not Tiger or Jack, but he's definitely right up there. He'd take a chalkboard and really draw the hole he's going to play, put the wind direction, and then map out where he was going to hit the tee shot, where he's going to hit it in the green. So he already when he got out to the golf course, this wasn't first hand stuff. This has been rehearsed over and over and over. And the more you rehearse it, the more it becomes real. I would do it in the shower when I woke up and was ready getting ready for a round of golf. I would sit and I would visualize each hole and I would visualize myself hitting successful drives, hitting successful shots into the greens because I knew kind of where, because when you play the practice rounds, you kind of know where the pins are going to be, right? So I would get up, I'd get in the shower and just think about each hole and visualize it, try to feel the, the, the air, the wind, just like try to put myself in that position and be successful so that I knew what it was like when I did get to that position. So 
I guess we all have our own ways of doing it. I did that. My wife could, could tell you I'd be in the shower right? when I qualified for the PGA at Whistling Straits, you know, six weeks before the tournament. As I'm driving home, all these thoughts are going through my brain. And, and one is, you know, it's a big stage. You're going you're gonna to be nervous, so you're going to have to downplay the nerves. So that I came up with the phrase, I belong. And so I'd be in the shower, literally shouting out, I belong, I belong, I'm not going to be nervous. And so when they announced my name on the first tee box and I got up there, I had the same nerves I have right now. I had none. So it was the power of meditation and planning in your mind what you want to have happen. That's exactly right. I mean, when it comes to winter practice, meditation is one of the most helpful things that we can do. It allows us the chance to visualize and see into the future and kind of plan what we want to happen and the behaviors we want to change throughout the winter. So I'd, I'd be curious, KB, what are your goals throughout the winter? How are you taking this time and using it to prepare for the season upcoming? So last season I had, in my opinion, I hit an overdraw. So I'm working on softening my draw by working on my club path and covering the ball a little bit better. Um, I don't really need to work on club head speed. That's something that some people do need to work on. I fortunately have a fast twitch, so I don't really have to work on that as much. I do still try to maintain it with super speed sticks, but uh, mainly softening my draw. And then the most important thing from not a swing technique thing is going to be my mental game. So I think my brain definitely gets in the way of my scoring. So if I can get that better, I'll definitely be a better scorer next year. And how are you spending this time trying to work on your brain? That's a great question. So I'm sharpening the axe by doing, by axe, I mean my brain, by the way, for those of you who don't know. Um, I'm sharpening the axe by reading, um, kind of doing some visualization like you guys talked about earlier, uh, seeing the success and calling it out. That's what helps me out. Seeing it before it happens. Correct, correct. Yeah. Visualize the attack. Exactly right. So you basically you've set your goals correct. in that whole process, and that all lies into what we need to do here. We need to establish goals. So we've talked about why you shouldn't put the clubs away throughout the winter. We've talked about the value of winter, the things you can do throughout the winter to get better as far as getting in better condition, competing, uh, setting your golf tournament goals throughout the winter, and meditating, visualizing into the future how you want your practice and how you want your game to follow suit. The last question to answer would be, where can we do it? Where can we spend our time throughout the winter to propel us into a better golf game? So when determining where you can do it, you have to kind of ask yourself a few questions. Number one, what are your golfing goals? Try to find a facility in your area or a local pro in your area that you can start working on your, on your winter practice. Are the things here that we've mentioned already, are we able to do any of those at home? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can do at home, but you need to at least have some type of direction from someone who has a little bit more experience and a little bit more knowledge than just a layman, layman golfer. A professional. Correct. Some sort of teaching professional at a facility that has the right technology to help you elevate your game. And can explain to you exactly what you're doing wrong. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. Because you could practice all different types of things, but if you're not practicing the right thing for your specific swing flaw or for something that you do or don't need to change, you could end up hurting yourself versus yeah. benefiting yourself. Which we see all the time. All the time we see so many people come in here with an, a plethora of information that yeah. is just completely, completely false and doesn't necessarily apply to them. Golf kind of makes it a uh, one-size-fits-all Swing flaw. Cookie uh, cutter stuff, especially on YouTube. I mean, you guys come in on YouTube and they say, I saw this, this, and this, and I've been working on this at home. Well, it completely unwinds whatever I taught them in their previous lesson. So it's kind of a double-edged sword seeing all that, all that info and all that extra noise out there exactly. online. Filtering the information. Exactly. Seeking help from a professional. 
and together kind of solving or coming up with the things that you need to work on throughout the winter helps you be more efficient. It helps you be more efficient in your practice. It helps you be more efficient when you're out there playing golf because you as a player need to determine and to define a plan, a some plan. type of plan. If you don't have a plan, you're basically wandering around aimlessly. And winter practice allows us the time to create that plan, manifest that plan, meditate on our plan, springboard us into the spring. Exactly. Completely prepare you for the next season coming up. It was interesting. I, I was listening to a podcast, and um, this gentleman was talking about some information about collegiate golf and development of collegiate golf. So these, these kids are recruited at this young age to go play college golf at 18, okay? And they go off to college. And we see these really good players generally the freshman and sophomore year, but we see them kind of fading out their junior and senior year. And the reason he believes it is because they're not developing all the time. And if you look at uh, America, back in 1984, we had about 90% Americans playing on the tour, okay? In 2004, it's about 50% foreigners and 50% Americans. Well, if you look at their programs, what they're doing behind the scenes, they're developing these players, you know, because you don't become really a full adult of development until 24 years old. Okay, so we're trying to develop these players and then send them out in the minefields of competition, 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 and with not really any good development behind the scenes. So uh, I think that just lends exactly what we've been talking about. You have to develop, you have to have time of reflection, you have the time to work out your goals, and uh, so it was really interesting to hear him talk about that. From all of us here, and I think we're all going to agree at this, this is not a time, I think, to throw your clubs away. It's time to work. It's time to get things done, time to get things in order, time to set those goals, and time to just grind away so that your spring golf becomes successful and you have a good time out there because our ultimate goal on the golf course is having a good time, and when you're, you know, when you're struggling out there, it definitely demoralizes you, so let's keep working hard. So in conclusion, today's winter practice podcast, we talked about why you should do it. We talked about what you can do. And we talked about where you can do it. If anybody has any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out, subscribe to our podcast, and we look forward to talking to you all next time. This is KB signing off. This is Wyatt Larkin. This is Cal Hinelzi. Thanks, everybody. Quinn Griffin, and you guys have a really safe holiday.